0: welcome
1: back everybody to go help yourself a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less hi hello i'm lisa Linky. i'm misty and that person oh that deep dulcet voice (laughs) across town, but uh, uh, on screen across from me is Misty Stennett, my co-host, my delightful co-host, who just commented on my Christmas pajama pants. Yeah, they're great. They're so cute, and they're so so cozy from my Aunt Peggy. Thank you, Aunt Peggy. Thanks, Peggy. Anyway, we're here on a Tuesday because it's our weekly beef, which is not our Friday episode, our Full Frontal Fridays, I said it, which is (laughs) our review of a popular self-help book where we give you in under an hour the main points so that you can sound like a real brainiac at a Zoom dinner party and <laughs> correct somebody with an actually which is everyone's favorite way to start a sentence exactly or you can i don't know save yourself time and energy and heartache by avoiding a book entirely because we've we've fallen on the literary oh. sword for you oh you're welcome <laughs> that's a Friday. And on Tuesday, we do supplemental self-help material. So we might read an article or do some trivia once a year or bring in a guest to talk or je provoke which is a thought-provoking question. And that's what we do. But just a couple quick, fun announcements. If you're new, love you. Hello, You're soon welcome. to be a long-time loyal listener. You're an immediate tiny pocket friend. Get We're in our excited. pocket. We have merch. The links will be in the show notes. And there's adorable, cute designs and lots of materials and items for you to purchase for yourself. Um, And also (laughs) we have a Patreon and you can go to patreon.com slash go help yourself. And there you can find out how to support this podcast, because as you might imagine, it takes a lot of time and energy to produce two episodes a week and funds. And so Misty and I are excited to increase our community, and there's amazing benefits and many tiers, three-tier levels for you to support us. And so with that, let's get to it. Oh, yeah. Misty. Hey, girl. Tell me. What have you brought for us on today's
0: weekly beef? Oh, thanks for asking so much. Just a really light, casual, fun, not at all triggering topic. Imposter syndrome. Oh God, yes, <laughs> yes, it's happening. And if anybody else's breath just caught in their chest, I feel you. <laughs> so this was inspired by the last episode where we had career and executive coach Tracy Padell on, and it's Amazing a fantastic episode. episode all about how to know when to transition your career, when you want to maybe accelerate the career you're in, what to look for, she is just filled with so much wisdom and about what the career transition process can look like. What is coaching? Yeah, she was the one at? who coined
1: the term, no one to hold them and no one to fold them, right?
0: No. <laughs>
1: oh, I got that wrong.
0: That's another Tracy Padell, my bad. I love that so much. Or maybe she did, and I don't know. Who can know? Um, I think it was Kenny Rogers. <laughs> oh, there it is. No one to hold them, no one to fold them. Yes, Kenny Rogers is well-known career coach and musical genius. So we promised on that episode that we would talk a little bit more about imposter syndrome because in Tracy's work, she says that one of the biggest things, one of the biggest barriers for women who want to excel in their careers is imposter syndrome. And she even said that if women just asked for more money in the negotiation Mm -hmm. process, which is something she's studied really thoroughly, They could often double their salaries. She's seen it happen.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a whole book on it called Women Don't Ask.
0: Exactly. And so it's really, really Mm -hmm. prevalent. And it's something that, you know, she asked the question in that episode, well, how good do you want to have it? Not how good do you think you can get it? I know Lisa's face is like, whoa, but how good do you want to have it? You know,
1: I immediately went to what a mediocre white man would think. And he would think, I want to have it as good as I possibly can without any compunction whatsoever. Exactly. Is that
0: word right? I don't I know, I but you said it with so much, you said compunction with so much conviction that I was like, I'm here for it. So- Thank you. This is, this episode is actually, we're going to read an article to you that Tracy wrote and it's based on Valerie Young's research. And again, I'll stick Tracy's website in show notes. So it's right below if you want it. It's tracypadel.com, but it's called you are not an imposter, so why do you feel like one? And this article is going to cover the different types of imposter syndrome. I did not know there were different types.
1: Wait, there's different
0: types? Mm-hmm. God, no,
1: now I have to learn about it. You can know it. your love
0: language and your Myers-Briggs and your Gallup's Clifton Strengths Assessment and your imposter syndrome What's type? my
1: imposter syndrome type?
0: <laughs> so Tracy published this on June 9th of 2020, so not that long ago. So she says, you know the scenario, you're doing a fundraiser, you've prepped the script and you're ready to pitch. Or are you? The voice inside your head makes you doubt it. It says, they aren't going to take me seriously, why would they take me seriously? Or you're scaling your team. You started out with just six people working in one room, but now you're at 250 people across multiple offices. By all accounts, you're a success story. Yet there's this nasty little voice in your brain that says, you don't know what you're doing. Or, you're a fraud, and soon everyone will know it. As an executive, you may get rave reviews. People really love what you do and how you do it. You've heard the praise, yet two weeks after one of your most positive reviews, you're thinking you'll be fired because that voice says, I'm terrible at what I do. I'm a fake. When will they find out I'm not qualified? Perhaps you're a first-time VP and you earned your place, yet that stupid voice whispers, I'm not executive enough. Maybe it tells you, no one is going to listen to me, so maybe I'll just stop talking. And then you do. This happens a lot with female VPs and high-level executives, far more than occurs in men. By this point, having worked with so many people at this level, I have pretty much seen and heard it all. The voices vary, but they are all the same. The voice tells us we are an imposter when the opposite is true. At the core of this voice is simply fear. That's all it is. Fear of success or fear of failure. Fear that you're not good enough. Fear that one day the world's going to wake up and see you as the fraud, quote unquote, you are. Here's something you need to know. (laughs) Every single business leader on the planet has felt like you do from time to time. Even presidents, even your physician, even coaches at the level of Tony Robbins.
1: Yes, Lisa. The only thing I was thinking when you were talking about this was, I'm not a puppet. You're a puppet. You're the puppet. (laughs) Thank you. You're a loser. He's a loser. Thank you. Oh, this dude has such imposter syndrome.
0: (laughs) I want to burn him out of my memory forever and also never forget. And I keep dragging him in. Thank you. That's okay. No, your stomach is tight. She says even coaches at the level of Tony Robbins feel this way. So why? Because we are all human beings and it's a leftover from our reptilian brain. You are suffering from the imposter syndrome and there are ways to bypass it to healthier self-love. So what is imposter syndrome anyway? Simply put, it's a psychological phenomenon wherein you find yourself doubting your accomplishments, rather doubting you deserve those accomplishments. Your stomach turns and your mind races as you deal with your persistent fear that you'll be exposed as a fraud. Along the way, even while you legitimately earned your stripes and have a proven track record in your industry— As a go-to person who knows how to solve problems, you feel inadequate or incompetent. You might even feel like you have to put on a mask when communicating with other people in business, like during client calls and consulting sessions. You feel like you could never let that other person know the real you. So she says, let's find out if you have imposter syndrome. Answer these questions. Do you feel like a fake or a fraud in your business and or life? Do you downplay your accomplishments when people ask you what you do for a living? Do you question yes. how? Hmm? I'm answering as I go. Oh, on. you do? Okay,
1: great. For me, for me, I'm answering.
0: Oh, yeah. So the first one for me is a yes. The second one's no, absolutely uh, okay. yes. Yep. You, I'm a I'm a yes on the second. I love it. Do you question how or why you have achieved the credentials, degree, job, funding, or income you currently have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you keep quiet in meetings because you're afraid you're going to make a fool of yourself? Yes. No. I'm happy making a fool of myself. <laughs> You're like, I'm
1: professionally
0: trying to do that. I'm a comedic actor. I'm, I'm a professional <laughs> fool, yeah. Are you primarily a people pleaser because you feel it's a way to prove yes. your worth or a way to gain other people's yes. approval? Mm-hmm. Yes, Tracy, stop. S- stop Tracy, get out of our out. brain. Do you feel that you just got lucky to be as successful as you are? Sure. Uh, I don't feel very 50. successful, so that one's hard for me to answer. <laughs> If you answered yes to any of these questions, you might be suffering from imposter syndrome. Jesus, I think I said yes to 90%. You don't want to feel like an imposter. Deep down, you know you're not. So why do you do it? Why do you listen to the nasty negative internal dialogue that can have damaging effects on your psyche and your business? Well, there are reasons you feel like an imposter. Not surprisingly, if you feel this way, you might think your negative feelings are, are a result of your job history, your bosses, or how you got to the level you are in your business. That's not it. Imposter syndrome derives from deeply rooted feelings and beliefs that, Im- that were implanted long ago in childhood. While some people remember their childhoods and can recognize how that happened in those early years correlates to the fears experienced in the present day, many people don't. They cannot recall memories or events of childhood, so I don't focus there on working with clients. We may touch on it, but overall, I like to get clients to give their negative inner voice a name and character traits. That makes it easier to manage. And by the way, in my career coaching session with Tracy, she was like, who's your inner critic? I was like, he's a fat, bald guy in middle age. And (laughs) I think his name is Fred. (laughs) She says, so name it what you want. Then we are ready to move on. I'll get to that in a bit, but let's see if you suffer from imposter syndrome. Ask yourself some honest questions. Did either of your parents or any mentor ever tell you that you can do better? Were you raised by people who expected perfection in all you did? Did your teachers expect a whole lot from you? Were you pushed to do more and more just to please others? Did you have to pretend to be happy about the activities even if you really weren't just to put a smile on someone else's face? How do you feel when you receive praise for work well done or any other achievement? For me, it does not sink in at all. And I'm just like, moving on. Do you receive? I'm like, yeah, thank you. And also, I bet I could have done it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I immediately go like, what? You saw that? Oh, God. And then I just bury myself in my bed.
1: Well, it's kind of hard for me, like, if I'm on camera, and then they're like, that was a great take. It's hard for me to be like, you saw that? Like, yeah. Oh, my God, you were I have to acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you were watching? The director was watching me on screen? You go, if oh. you're happy, I'm
0: happy. <laughs> <laughs> do you receive compliments well, or do you deflect possibly with self-deprecating humor, Misty. How important, Lisa. Lisa, how important is it to you to have everyone like you or support you? Or can you keep the drive going on your own, even when you know not everyone is going to like the outcome? Are you, oh, listen, I have very
1: much adopted the phrase, I'm not for everybody that I got from Amanda Seals. Mm-hmm. And
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. And it feeds me. Yeah. I've been on a journey of learning and really accepting that and also accepting the fact that like, I'm not a super agreeable, easygoing person. I have an edge, and I'm
1: not. Well, yeah. As women were raised to be, yeah, very easygoing. Yeah, and, but then as women born after 1980, we're like, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I don't know why I put myself in that category. As women born after 1960, we're like, <laughs>
0: fuck that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but there's still make 74 cents on the dollar and be nice. And you can choose one or the other. Yeah,
0: and also (laughs) like I like what I like and I don't what I don't. And I think I need to stop pretending that I could be open to everything when I'm not. You know? It's exhausting. I hate
1: lots of (laughs) things. But one didn't come to mind in
0: the moment. No, but I like I like that we just keep it broad. I don't like to be nailed down. The last question is, she says, are you a perfectionist, a solo artist, a natural at learning new things? Are you often told told or do you perceive yourself as being or having to be superhuman? And finally, are you an expert in your field or do you feel like you have to be in order to get things fully accomplished? Let's take a deeper look at the archetypes so you can figure out if you are one of these and why you are so prone to imposter syndrome. The typical archetypes that experience the imposter syndrome. So, first, you have to understand your behaviors as they are today. For example, did you become a perfectionist who makes sure she dots every I and crosses every T, and you certainly expect everyone else to do the same?
1: Misty.
0: Yep. If so, bad news. And then I go, also Lisa. Also Lisa. Also Lisa. Here we go. Lay it on us. Lay it on us. And you need to learn to be okay with that fact. However, this concept is really tough for you to embrace. Instead, you tend to micromanage other people. You find it hard to delegate tasks because no one will do it the right way. And you keep yourself on the tightrope for fear that slipping up means you will fall for sure. If you slip up, that's a bad thing, a very bad thing. Anything less than 100% perfect is unacceptable to you, which means you're in for a rough ride. Your perfectionism can keep you from starting something new. Why start when you're just going to fail, right? I feel like (sighs) I am less that
1: person now. And I think changing jobs and moving to Hollywood and seeing how much of a percentage of success here is just luck or your social media following (laughs) or the connections that you have and truly not talent Mm -hmm. has made me feel less like, uh, made me less of a perfectionist. And for that, I'm truly grateful. Like I'm a perfectionist in my work and I try to be, but also I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I can be the absolute most perfect person and it's still out of my control.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm I'm like a recovering perfectionist right now or perfectionist in yeah. recovery because- You're like, an Imlerfectionist. Imler, I'm an Imlerfectionist because like, I absolutely do dot every I and cross every T. Like you and I were like, we cannot like approach networks until we have 100 podcast episodes in the canon. It's like, what, <laughs> what?
1: why why I think that was a combination of our gender and our newness to oh podcasting. my
0: god yeah and it's like what and then like this year I'm going like I didn't really accomplish anything this year except for 110 episodes of in a, a podcast in a global <laughs> pandemic <laughs> where you know I edited 40 of those personal it's like what are you talking about so Anyway, it doesn't keep me from starting new things, but it definitely keeps me from taking bigger risks or reaching out to people or sending an email I want to send or whatever. So yeah, she says, the next archetype, she says, maybe you became a superwoman who can achieve anything and everything in a single bound. You amaze coworkers and others in your life because you are the absolute go-to person for every task. But boy, doesn't that get tiring. It's a sure path to burnout. Are you a superwoman? Let's find out. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Are are you the first person into the office and last out every day? Do you feel like if you aren't accomplishing something every minute of the day, you are just wasting time? Great. Yeah. If you want to be alone, you're on the fast track because your hobbies and time with friends and family will fall to the side of your life. Work will become- Jesus, Tracy. <laughs> I know, she just she's listened. She's giving it to us direct, which I like. Work will become the end all, be all, and the only way you feel like you can prove your worth. If that's you, let me oh share something with you. It's all in your head and you need to find another way. Maybe you're okay. a natural genius, which is the next arch- archetype, at all that yes. you do or you feel that you have to be. If not, you feel like you're faking things. Sounds like a fixed mindset. You're only good at a thing when they come easily to you. Having to work at tasks just proves you're a fake. At least that's how you feel, and you couldn't be more wrong. As a natural genius, yeah. This reminds me
1: of the drama of the gifted child. (gasps) From Alice. Mm -hmm. How the children who were like good at things and their parents really like, It's in your blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that they were then like, I have to be good at everything I pick up.
0: Yeah. That's, and like that's I'm, how fixed I'm mindset that starts that bit, too, but, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, as a natural genius, which started way back when you were a child in school, you are accustomed to being perfect the first time you try something. You easily earn high marks at everything you try. And when you can't do something right the first time, you typically don't try again. It's better to remain mm-hmm. in your comfort zone anyway, right? Wrong. It's better. Sure. Nope. If these behaviors describe you, guess what? It's likely that you don't give yourself permission to learn new things. As a result, you won't grow as an individual in business or in your personal life. Wow. What a great way to work yourself into feeling stuck and frustrated at the same time.
1: (laughs) Ooh, you know what? I'm going to do a doctor diagnosis here. That's what my best friend, Sarah, and I call it when we diagnose people that we have no business diagnosing. But I'm going to say that's Linda Linky's type of imposter syndrome. And Linda, if you're listening, I hope you let me
0: know if you agree. We love you, Linda. That's Lisa's mom. She says you also could have become a soloist who feels like no one else could work as well as you do or produce like you do. As such, you prefer to work alone and avoid working in teams. You typically won't ask for help either because if you do, it means you're phony. After all, if you can't do it on your own, you probably shouldn't be doing that thing anyway, right? Asking for help Masturbation. is... What'd you say? Masturbation. Oh, well, no, that's, isn't that inherently alone? <laughs> asking for no. a friend? Okay. Asking for help is just being weak. So you don't ask and you downplay your needs. That's an awesome way to work yourself out of your passions. Truth is, you need help and then more help as you grow your business. You are not being an imposter by asking for assistance. In fact, that's called hiring staff and scaling. Finally, <laughs> and this one might surprise you imposter syndrome affects experts in a big way. And it makes perfect sense. Listen, as an expert, you are prone to wanting to learn more, more, more. You can never know too much. And until you know it all, you can feel like a phony. To you, being an expert is the bare minimum requirement to accept new clients or get up on stage to share what you know. You have a deep need to meet 100% of, let's say, the requirements of a group that invites you to participate in discussions or attend meetings with peers that can move your business forward. In that case, you won't participate because you feel like you won't know enough and you will be called to the map for it. To counter this unlikely possibility you keep taking classes earning certifications reading lots of how-to books and endlessly watching videos so you could prove your worth as the expert. You might even feel uncomfortable when someone introduces you as an ex- as an expert even though you are one. So are you ready to get over imposter syndrome, Lisa? Um yeah. Great. See, are you? Yes, I'm going to be so good at it on the first try. <laughs> Tracy says it will take some heartfelt self-reflection and a concentrated effort to build your awareness of the core beliefs that push you over the cliff and fall prey to imposter syndrome. Once you understand the reasons you feel like such a phony, you get to take the next steps in shifting and reframing your internal dialogue and retraining your brain to create new beliefs. It is always best to go through this retraining with someone who has been specifically trained to help you through all the challenges you will encounter. I could see how that could become just a swirling vortex in my brain if I was trying to do it alone. She says, believe me, you will encounter challenges. I know because I worked with a coach to get over my own challenges and now I help others to be the best person they can be in their business. I've helped all sorts Mm. of people who have startups and I've even helped a number of executive coaches. As mentioned early in this article, I told you I would get to this part. So here's the way I get you from experiencing imposter syndrome to dumping it to move forward. Step one. The first step is just to get you to understand that the voice is there. It's a fact and you have to deal with it. The voice manifests as repetitive negative thoughts and doubts. No matter what, your mind just keeps coming back to that fear over and over again. Isn't it good that people can't read our thoughts? Number two, we'll give the fear and negativity, the voice, a name and character traits. Maybe his name is Fred, and he's a tall, ugly bugger. That part's up to you. <laughs> I told you mine is named Fred. I don't know why. That's amazing. Now, I'll take you to the place of your inner leader. We will develop that leader together to make it powerful, to make it the voice of control. Step four, we then work together to dump those negative thoughts. It's a process, and it works. In the end, you will realize that the voice is not you, that it exists and that you can come from that new, powerful inner leader place to make the voice shut up and pack its bags permanently. That way you won't go back to the default negative Nelly in your head. Of course, this is an oversimplification of the process, but it gives you an idea that real work is involved and you can overcome imposter syndrome. If you resonate with anything I've said in this article, I'd love to chat with you. And again, we'll put Tracy's website in show notes. Oh, so that is just like, again, it's like I was so surprised by how career stuff, including like fear and imposter syndrome, et cetera, is so deeply personal.
1: Like it's not just job how could hunting. it not be though. Hmm? right? How could it not be? Yeah, you know, we spend a third of our lives at work, and yeah, it's central to who we are, and I think it's very, you know, we we always think like, well, I'm this, but I do this, mm-hmm. right? My job is this. I am this. Mm-hmm. But we say, like, I am a banker. I am a, you know, I yeah. am a writer. If we say, like, I am, we have to take it in somehow, you know? Like, yeah. it is a
0: part of us. Or there's a frustration between I'm doing this for a paycheck, but deep down I'm this person that doesn't want to do any That's of right. those tasks. That's so right. it's just this is all, like, really hard interpersonal work, which is like, what wow. It
1: is. I also, I mean, my only issue, not issue, but, you know, I think that you can challenge imposter syndrome and I think you can work to where it's not something that occurs daily, but I think it will crop up probably all of our lives. And our yeah. goal is to have the tools to notice when it crops up, because I don't think
0: you can eliminate it. I don't think you can eliminate no, it No, no. And you know what Tracy said in one of our coaching sessions is she was like, look, these things are a part of us. Like we're never going to fully get rid of them, but it's about like whose voice gets louder.
1: Yeah. And I mean, think about what a more empathetic manager, director, friend, partner you'll be when you understand your imposter syndrome. Instead of saying like, Oh, stop it. You're great. You can really connect and empathize with anybody that you're managing or, you know, mentoring or are, you know, as a friend to, or a partner to, I just feel like, that's why, in my mind, it would be terrible if you, like, stopped ever having imposter thoughts completely, because then you wouldn't be able to relate to anybody who has them, which is, like, almost everybody.
0: Or you could just remember the ones you used to have years and years ago and it's never going to go. And you go, I can't relate to what you're saying anymore, but I think I remember once feeling worried about something, but I'll have to what remind an myself, because my life is so great now. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think for We're me, right. it's just helpful to, like, recognize the different archetypes. It's like... Oh, maybe I thought I didn't have imposter syndrome, but I did think I had to do everything by myself as a soloist. Oh, okay. I can recognize that and maybe just not act from that place. Yeah, that's cool. So thanks, Tracy, for the article. Thank you yes. all for listening. Let us know if you ever got over imposter syndrome or if there's something that helps you manage it or be braver yes. with it right there, you know, right inside of you, taking up all that space. Please write to us. We are Go Help Yourself Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Thanks, everybody. And with that, may your non-imposter syndrome be a down. May. May. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our
0: theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Sav. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at GoHelpYourselfPodcast at gmail.com. We're also at GoHelpYourselfPodcast on Instagram and at GHY Podcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at GoHelpYourselfPodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, please <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review because it